Real quick before today's episode, just wanted to say I appeared on the New Game Plus podcast again recently as a guest once again, bringing with me the game Toho 7 Perfect Cherry Blossom. The New Game Plus podcast is where I actually got my start podcasting. If you're listening to this podcast and don't listen to that one, go check it out. It's me just chatting a bunch with some guys who have never played this game before, digging into a series I love. And anyway, I promise it'll be a good time. Anyway, enjoy the show. Today's episode is brought to you through the efforts of a longtime friend, Shay. When I mentioned a few episodes ago that I was having trouble finding certain games, she went above and beyond, crawling on forgotten corners of the internet and managed to dig up games that could have been lost to time. Even more surprisingly, I was able to play them. So to her I say, thank you, may all your d20s roll criticals. And also may your d4s fall off the table and get lost on the floor and you'll be all like, yeah, I don't know, they're just gone, until you are walking through your house barefoot in the middle of the night, unprepared. You did this to me. I could have been like, well, I can't cover these games because I can't find them. But no, because of you, it's Rockman X Math Whirlwind and Rockman IQ Whirlwind. On today's episode, what am I podcasting for, you monster? Hello, and welcome to What Am I Podcasting For? My name's Carlisle, and this show is the chronicle of my attempts to play through every Mega Man game. From Mega Man 1 to Mega Man 11, and as many of the 100 plus games in between as I can. And that was an unfortunate decision. So, we have gone back slightly in time. This is one of like four games that I literally did not think I would be able to find that I now have playable. The reason that I was having trouble tracking these down is that these aren't like... SNES or PlayStation or Dreamcast games or anything. These are PC games. More specifically, these are Taiwanese PC games. Sometime in 1999, a company by the name of Strawberry Software in Taiwan got a hold of the license to use Mega Man to create video games. Or at least I'm presuming they got a hold of the license, but this wouldn't be the first Taiwanese Mega Man game we've covered, since Rockman X Dive was actually a Taiwanese-designed game. But that's modern. This is from a bit of a rough era in PC gaming. More importantly, these are edutainment games. There, I said it. That's the cursed word of the day, edutainment. Meaning, they're games that are made for kids with the intent of teaching kids something. Which, I'm gonna be clear, there's actually some halfway decent edutainment games out there. There are games that manage to be fun enough, while also educational in some way. The Oregon Trail is a great classical example of this. It is technically an edutainment game. It was designed with the intent of allowing people to get a glimpse into what life was like back then. And probably everybody of my generation, at least, had some random game on a computer that they were just like, you know, I really liked that as a kid. Math Blaster or something. But that doesn't mean all edutainment games are good. In fact, some of them have the habit of being some of the worst titles in large franchises. For instance, Mario has some really bad edutainment games in Mario Teaches Typing and Mario is Missing that are just some of the worst titles to actually have the Mario name. And go figure, 
most of them are not actually developed by the original company. They're outsourced, which is where we're at with these ones. That isn't to say that these games are entirely bad, but the first one we're going to cover, Mega Man Math Whirlwind, certainly is. Math Whirlwind is, as the game suggests, a math-based edutainment game. Don't run away screaming just yet. It gets worse. When you boot up the game, you'll be given a choice of six different stages to go play, which, at the very least, are using actual Mega Man assets to indicate kind of the theoretical bosses of the stage. Tunnel Rhino, Toxic Seahorse, basically all Mega Man X3 bosses, which that also doesn't bode great. The gameplay is fairly simple. You'll pick a stage. You will enter sort of a side-scroller environment. You have the ability to run left and right. You have a shot button, which aims up diagonally. You have the ability to jump, which is, like, really abrupt. It doesn't feel like a jump you would find in any video game ever designed by somebody who has ever played a platformer. What basically happens in all of these stages is there will be a question posed to you up in the top right corner of the screen. For instance, in Tunnel Rhino's stage, you'll start out with simple questions like, what's 1 plus 2? There will be various balls that fly across the screen as you travel across the stage, and one of those will have the answer that you're looking for. Bust that orb within 60 seconds, which is quite a bit of time, and you'll successfully answer the question and the game will generate you a new one. Hit the wrong orb or run out of time and you will take damage by the boss suddenly appearing on screen and just animating there a few feet away from you while Mega Man plays a damage animation. Take five hits, and you get kicked out of the stage. If you successfully accumulate 500 points, which, don't worry, every successful answer is worth 10 points, so this is only 50 correct answers, you'll change to a slight variant of the stage, which is supposed to be the boss fight, where all of the answers are immediately visible above you and you have to jump up to them, but otherwise the mechanics are basically the exact same. Hit a thousand points and you will successfully clear the stage and your reward will be a little certificate thing saying, hey, your player name here successfully completed a stage of Math Whirlwind. There's actually a little print button on it, which is kind of cute. Pretty sure I'll be posting this to the Twitter, by the way, if you want to take a look at it. Overall, this structure sounds okay, right? As you play through the stage and break certain point thresholds, the difficulty of the questions will ramp up. For instance, again, Tunnel Rhino Stages Edition. So it goes from, like, what's 1 plus 2, to what's 11 plus 7, to what's 30 plus 70, and so on and so forth. Sounds reasonable and easy enough, right? Like, this doesn't sound like it's a terrible setup, except every once in a while, you get a bubble that's just coming at your height, like at character height. You have to either slowly just crouch down and wait for it to pass overhead, or you can try to jump over it, which will almost certainly fail. And if you panic and hit the left button to try to walk away from it, instead of like immediately moving your character left, it will pan the camera over and all the sprites on the camera will move like at an uneven relationship to that, and oftentimes you'll end up causing that ball to just slam into you while you're trying to turn around, because whoever coded this has clearly never played an actual platformer in their life. As almost solid as the concept sounds, let me assure you, it plays god-awful. At the very least, the environments of the various stages are kind of nice to look at. They look largely on brand, although one of the things to note is Gravity Beetle stage for some reason is at the circus, which, what? Everybody looks a little bit odd, too, because it's all fresh materials instead of reused graphics, but it's at least, like, respecting the idea of what Mega Man is, mostly, in terms of visuals, except for the actual orbs that you're hitting with the different answers, which, 
look completely out of place stylistically. They don't look like anything in Mega Man. And one of them has like a creepy pair of moving lips on the bottom of it. I don't really know how to describe it, but it looks wrong. Anyway, Tunnel Rhino isn't the only stage. You do also have Crush Crayfish, which is a stage focused on subtraction. Bite, which is a stage focused on multiplication. And Toxic Seahorse, which is a stage focused on division. And um, I did mention that there's some ramping difficulty. And so, like, multiplication, yeah, it starts out at, like, 1 times 3, and then it jumps up to, like, 5 times 7. You know, the usual childhood times tables. And then all of a sudden, you start hitting, like, 7 times 85, and you're like, wait, hold on a second. And it feels even worse with the division stage, because, hey... Hey, what's 232 divided by 4? Well, the good news is you've got 60 seconds to figure it out, but, um, damn, son. You can't even take full advantage of the fact that the way this game generates answers is to figure out the correct answer, and then to create fake orbs with answers that only have one correct digit, and the other digits are just completely randomized. Which is kind of funny, because every once in a while you'll get a question like, what's 78 plus 85? And one of the answers will be, you know about 150, and the other three answers will be well over 800, and you'll be like, hmm, I wonder which one it is. The toughest of the stages goes to Gravity Beetle, who is basically all four of the methods from before, so there's your real math test. Oh, wait, no, that's not the real math test. The real math test is Sigma stage, which is literally a math test. There's no gameplay involved in this stage, just written questions, which are written in Chinese, by the way, and then just a multiple choice answer. And you even get a little like calculator down at the bottom of the screen and like a notepad and stuff. So you can calculate out the answers yourself right there. <laughs> if you thought there's a final boss, no, Sigma's literally just giving you a math test as one of the stages of this game. The most fascinating part of the Sigma stage to me is that I started looking through the data on the game because none of it's compressed. And a lot of the questions are literally just written out as image files that then just have numbers inserted into the question. I was just kind of like, hmm. But that's literally the only interesting thing I have to say about this. <sighs> Speaking of data that's on the game disc, the music for this game is bad. It's all original work, which, oh boy, we'll talk about that in IQ Whirlwind at least. But it's generally bad original work. Most of the data on the disc is actually taken up by the sound files of the commentator of the game. Because both this and IQ Whirlwind have Chinese voiceovers for everything. If you mouse over an element in a stage, it'll say something. If you give an answer, it'll say something. If you give a wrong answer, it'll say something. I'm pretty sure it'll start saying things if you just sit there. Every single quest on the math test that Sigma gives you is voiced and started driving me nuts by the end of these two games, let me tell you. The one musical piece that I will send out to wrap up this game, because if it isn't obvious, I think this one was really bad, and there's nothing else to talk about, so we're just moving on. There is one musical piece that is used for Crush Crayfish's stage, which is... All right. So here it is, I guess. I don't even know if people have ever heard the soundtrack for this game. Maybe I should put it up somewhere. Rockman IQ Whirlwind. Why did I use the last game's music to lead into this game instead of playing a track from this game? Well, have you ever wanted to be slapped in the face when you start up a game? 
well, have I got a treat for you. When you boot this game up, you get a shortened version of the Rockman 8 opening cinematic, which is really cool and also really funny because they didn't bother to edit the fact it literally says Rockman 8 in it. But at the same time, the guitar riff to the classic rock song Bad to the Bone is played. And I'm not talking like a MIDI version of that track or anything. I am talking literally that stolen guitar riff in high CD quality. I wish I could identify the song that plays for the outro version when the credits are playing too, because there's a different one for that, which I kid you not is sampling Homer Simpson's dope, but I don't actually know what song it is. God, and then you get to the main menu and it's playing a MIDI version of Living on a Prayer. Guys, I can't make this up. This is an actual video game that actually exists. And I would like to say that, oh, that's just like, some practical joke somebody slipped into the file? No. I've verified this. That's actually what happens. So please understand when you don't get anything other than my voice for the next while, because this game has no respect for copyright. I don't want to risk getting my podcast pulled because I borrowed bad to the goddamn bone for it. All of it is either classical tracks or MIDI versions of classic rock tracks, and I'm not stepping on that legal minefield. Anyway, IQ Whirlwind is actually five games in one, or four games in one tool. The fifth quote-unquote game is actually just an MS Paint clone, effectively, with unnecessarily clunky controls, but it does let you just slap stickers on of various Mega Man official art. But it's no Mario Paint, we'll put it that way. The two bad minigames in this... One of them is essentially just Sokoban, which, if you don't know what that is, it's that puzzler you've probably seen in a ton of games where you just push blocks around and you're trying to get them all into locations, or in this case, get one specific block to a specific location in order to end a stage. That's literally what this mode is. There's no special gimmicks or anything to this. It is the most basic possible form of this game. To my understanding, there's actually like 101 different stages, and you're going to have to finish them all in one sitting because this game does does not record your progress. So that's... I was going to say, so that's cool, but it's not. The other bad game is a typing teaching minigame of sorts, which fortunately actually comes with options as to whether you want to input characters in like simplified Chinese, traditional Mandarin, or English. So I got to play this one. Basically, you have various enemies parachuting down from the top of the screen, and on their parachutes are going to be various characters, and by hitting those keys on your keyboard, you will blow up the enemy before they hit the ground. If they hit the ground, they just run at you, and you get an animation of Mega Man getting hit, but what you're actually being tested on is how fast you can score 1,500 points, and whether or not you can do that within a time limit that I think is getting shorter and shorter every time, but it's hard to tell because it's extremely long. Every 1,500 points, you complete a level, you get told your accuracy for that stage, and then you move on to the next level. It does sound kind of dumb that you can make basically infinite mistakes and keep going, but you have to understand these parachutes aren't actually falling so much as they are getting spawned at the top of the screen and then moving to random other locations nearby every couple seconds or every time you successfully shoot one down. There's nothing preventing multiple with the same letter from showing up, even though you will only shoot down one at random each time. This randomness can mean that they can stay at the top of the screen 
forever, or they can reach the bottom of the screen in like four key presses when you were busy busting up a wave of enemies and one new one just spawns and just drops down immediately. So it's probably a very, very good thing that it works the way that it does. Still, because this doesn't really have any engagement in terms of like progression of difficulty or anything of the sort, it gets old pretty fast. It's still not terrible as a typing minigame, but it's just kind of not great. It's just there. The other two minigames aren't actually that terrible, believe it or not. Of course, one of them, which was essentially a trivia board game, I couldn't really complete. Because again, I don't speak Chinese. There's a reason that I've been calling it Rockman X Math Whirlwind, and not Rockman X Feng, a mispronunciation so horrible I'm leaving it in only to demonstrate how little I know. My point is this, I can't read Chinese, and so when you put a board game in front of me that is basically roll a dice, move a couple spaces forward, and then either get attacked by a boss who asks you trivia questions, or get assisted by Blues or Eddie or somebody who shows up and asks you trivia questions with healing as a reward for getting things right instead of damage as a penalty for getting things wrong. Long story short, with only five possible misses, yeah, there was no way I was completing it. According to what I found in the game's data files, there should actually be like three whole stages to this, but I couldn't even finish one. And you might be thinking, hey, why don't you just like memorize the answers? There's only so many questions, right? And yes, technically, once again, every single question is actually just a BMP file, but there's also like 500 of them. So I just have to assume that this works, which honestly, like a trivia game with like 500 questions, I don't know. It's probably okay. It seemed like a decent foundation for a game. I just language barriered. But I have saved the second game in the set for last, because um, the second game is an actually almost competent competitive puzzle game. It's a one-versus-one puzzle game that you can play against a computer or against a real player. Essentially, your playfield has a control line in the center and a bunch of gems that just fall in from both sides. You can move individual columns of these gems up and down, and anything that's in your control row in the center can be shifted to the left or right. Or I think just to the right. I never found the key that let me shift it left. If you get three of the same gem in line in that center control row, they immediately vanish, and some are sent over to your opponent in return. If ever a player's field completely fills up, they lose and it's on to the next round. Now, there's a couple of things that I actually liked about this game. For one, at all times, there's a minimum number of gems. It doesn't matter how fast you play, your field always has a certain minimum number, which means you're never left just sitting there waiting for something to happen. And second, in order to ensure that the games can actually be closed out, there's sort of a stacking combo mechanic. See, yes, you can send more gems to your opponent by clearing four or five at a time, but two equally skilled players would theoretically play forever. However, at the beginning of the game, each player is given a random gemstone type and a little multiplier symbol by it. Every time you clear a set of three or four of these gemstones, that multiplier increases. The moment that you clear five gemstones at once, the higher that multiplier got at the time, the more and more and more stones you will throw at your opponent. This then resets your combo gauge with the type that you just 5-matched as the new type that you need to be matching in order to build the gauge again. If you can completely fill up a single column on one player's side, that column becomes pretty much impossible to adjust up and down, and it makes it that much trickier for your opponent to move. You can really just, like, 
go aggro trying constantly to throw things at your opponents and keep up a clear and make it harder for them to handle things, but you're also looking for those big opportunities to basically deliver huge finishers. It has the fundamentals of an actual competitive puzzle game. It isn't quite there. The way it's designed sort of does emphasize essentially one hit killing your opponent. It doesn't appear to really respond well to, like, setting up more complicated chains falling together or anything like that, which is a bit of a shame. But I played this mode for a good couple hours and actually had fun. Now, unfortunately, if you're playing it against a computer, the computer only gets so difficult. It has, like, maybe three or four difficulties, and then it just stops getting any better, and there's no sense of progression to it. But I don't know. Of all the experiences that these two edutainment games gave me, this one was actually fun, and I'd like to see a more evolved and fleshed out version of this mechanic, and I did not expect to be saying that. And that is kind of how I want to wrap up this episode, because obviously my thoughts on Math Whirlwind was, it was terrible. IQ Whirlwind is not much better, but it feels more competently like somebody actually was trying to design a game and wanted to design just a wide spectrum of trying to get people thinking, whether it's trivia or puzzlers or like the spatial recognition of Sokoban or the practical skill of responsiveness to typing. This one's trying. It's not great, but it's trying. My hope is that when I get to certain other games by Strawberry Software, which there is two more, which I don't believe are actually edutainment games and are attempting to be legitimate games. Maybe this actually bodes well and they were able to do something. But I'm not touching those games for a little while. That doesn't mean, however, that we're done our exploration of some of the fringe stuff around Mega Man. The next episode will be about a game that I know literally nothing about. So that'll be fun. Until then, thank you all for listening. If you've enjoyed what you've heard of the show, feel free to hit me up at whatamipodcastingfor at gmail.com. Feel free to check out the Twitter at whatamipodcast4 is in the number 4. As mentioned, when this episode goes up, I'll probably also be posting the image of the certificate. You can always hit up waipf.podbean.com to get the episodes and the RSS feed, or you can use your favorite podcast provider. Hopefully I'm there by now. Thank you for listening. I've been Garlisle, and just remember, I have to close out this recording with music from a different Mega Man game. Don't even know which one I'll use. I'll figure that out when I get there. Because this game seriously just straight up used bad to the bone. So, video games. That is used for crushes, crayfishes, and anything that's in your control role in the center. And anything that's in your control role. <laughs> it's Rockman X. Bah. There's a reason that I have not attempted to say Rockman X. <laughs> My tongue just does that.